0: Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to the Watching World Podcast. I'm your host, Les Norman, and I said it before, I'll say it again. My favorite guest is back in the house, Pastor Phil Hopper, the lead pastor here at Abundant Life, and we're going to be talking about Christmas, and that's an exciting thing. I It feels like, Pastor Phil, that it was 10 minutes ago yeah. that you were sitting across from me in the podcast room here, <laughs> and we were talking about Christmas, and yet it has rolled around again, and and what a great conversation that we get to have about celebrating the birth of our Savior, Jesus.
1: Yeah, the Christmases come faster than ever less. Does so that mean? Be, yeah. it, it does mean It does mean we've <laughs> had more gun. Christmases behind us than yeah. the ones we still have in front of us, but yeah. the good news is uh, Christmas is a wonderful time of year, so let it come fast. Let, amen, let, let's amen do this to that. again. You know, there has been so much that's going on this year around the world,
0: and, and we've been talking about it, and we'll continue to talk about it. We've we've talked about end times prophecy. We've talked about how certain things fit in and, and what prophecy has been fulfilled, and every year is important to share the gospel with everybody. Mm-hmm. Every day is celebrating the birth of Jesus. We celebrate it on Christmas Day, December 25th, but I feel like now more than ever that the, the love of Jesus, that Jesus came and died and rose again, more than ever, we need to be sharing our faith and sharing the gospel and helping people understand the true meaning of Christmas. It's not the Christmas tree mm-hmm. or the lights mm-hmm. or the presents underneath. It was the gift of God that mm-hmm. we got from John three
1: sixteen. Yeah. And the angels declared it in Luke 2, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Yeah. In a world that's at war, in a world that's in chaos, full of hostility, enmity, you know, Jesus is peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And that's the good news. And that is why you're right. Christmas is always a great opportunity, a platform to really bring hope to the world Yeah, in a time that otherwise is rather hopeless. So what are some ways that maybe
0: we we can all get caught up, and I, and this is some This is a sentence or two that I know we always say, because Christmas can become um, consumeristic, if that's a word. It's but consumerism, and it's all about buying the gifts, and family, and dinners, and lunches, and Christmas parties at work, and so many things that we get caught up in. But what can we do to remember? Hey, this Christmas is a great time. It's the best time. To be sharing the gospel with other people what are what are some ways that maybe we can do that is it just talking to a neighbor inviting them over making some christmas cookies and sending them across the street or whatever it may be how can we share the gospel especially around the time of year where we celebrate the birth of our savior
1: well there's a, a couple of ways Les. i've made the observation others have too that christmas is the new easter what i mean by that in a secularized society like we increasingly live these religious holidays Easter, of course, is uh, not really technically Easter. We, we celebrate the, the, the resurrection of Christ on Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas uh, is when we celebrate the incarnation. Uh, and increasingly what's happening in a secularized society is fewer and fewer Americans are really um, setting Easter weekend aside as a real holiday weekend. They might go buy a new Easter dress and get an Easter... Bunny to eat, you know, chocolate Easter eggs or whatever. But Christmas is still a cultural holiday, though we see it as a religious holiday. Obviously, it's very sacred to us uh, to remember the birth of Christ. But the point I'm making is this is a chance to invite lost friends, people that are far from God, to our Christmas Eve service. Mm -hmm. We have multiple opportunities for people to do this. And statistically, the chances of anyone coming to church with you on the weekend is higher on these weekends, Easter still, but especially Christmas. Christmas increasingly is a chance to uh, bring truly unchurched people in your life to a service that is going to be very powerful, very moving, where the gospel is going to be very, very clear. And so I hope that people will leverage the opportunity and not just go through the motions again of another Christmas and another Christmas Eve service, uh, but genuinely leverage the opportunity to invite people in their life they know and love, they're far from God. And then beyond that, uh, think about, you know, things you can do in your own neighborhood. Uh, Kristen and I always uh, bring a homemade pie to our neighbor for Thanksgiving. That's awesome. Uh, do yeah. I need to give you my yeah, address you know, too? You know, you know, you know <laughs> na- neighbor, neighbor can be defined in many ways. right? You know, 25 miles away. I mean, when you consider the scope of North America, that's, that's you know, proximity such. You could be a neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know what? The best part is it was pecan pie this year. Yeah. She's expanded to pecan pie. Just saying. Yeah. But here's the point. Do something nice like that. Do something special for your neighbors and then put a card in there and just share the gospel in that card. Um, share the real meaning of Christmas with them that, you know, it's not the, the gifts and the Christmas tree and Santa Claus. And these are all fun fun things that maybe have been added through the years as a cultural component of Christmas, but it's an opportunity to really share who Jesus is with your neighbor. So, you know, do something like that, something unique um, in your neighborhood, maybe in your block to give uh, people a chance to hear the gospel in a way that they might not normally have heard it, living proof of a loving God to a watching world. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, for a long time now, we've been praying for our one,
0: here at Mm -hmm. Abundant Life, who's your one or your five or whatever it may be, now's a great time, whatever your date is that you're listening to this, be praying for God to bring someone to mind in your heart if it hasn't been already. Mm -hmm. I mean, most, most of the time we know as believers That The people around our neighborhood, whether it's across the street, right next door on either side, whoever lives behind us, or something like that, or if you live out in the country, maybe it's a few miles down the road or 25 miles away or whatever, and you can make that special trip, but be praying for God to reveal that person, but also, even if he doesn't, if you've got a house around you, if you've got neighbors around Mm -hmm. you, just send them some cookies or a pie or have if a conversation. If you got
1: coworkers around you, I
0: think most of us. Do. I mean, really, seriously. And even if you work from home online, you if you can type, yeah, right. I mean, you, you, there's there's many avenues that you can find. Uh, who your neighbor is? Who is your neighbor? Yeah, somebody you see, somebody you talk to.
1: Yeah, and 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 seriously, more people I think are really searching for hope than ever less. Yes, yeah. You know, we live at a time where there's um, sometimes a sense of um, you know, people are cynical, jaded. They don't want to talk about Jesus. They they don't want to hear the good news, the gospel. They're, that's true of some people. It's true of a lot of people, but it's not true of all people. In fact, I have the sense that with the world as it is right now, that really is um for at least our lifetimes, unique and unprecedented in some ways, uh, these are hard times, more yeah. difficult times than a lot of people have been through, whether it's uh, you know the rate of inflation and interest rates are sky high. And, um, you know, people are facing a lot of adversity in many, many ways, whether it's a uh, loss of a job, loss of a loved one. You know, the holidays are a really hard time of year for a lot of people. That's right. And it's also then a time of year that people are maybe more open to hearing about Jesus, about hearing the gospel, mm-hmm. uh, because it is a hard time of year for a lot of people. Whether you're trying to figure out, you know how to how to make Christmas happy for my kids when we don't have enough money even for a Christmas dinner, let's say. Yeah. Um, to uh, this is my first Christmas without my husband who died six months ago, or without my mother who died you know, this year, these are opportunities to really minister to people at a time that is supposed to be a time of joy and happiness, but it's a reminder also sometimes of great loss. And so look for people in your life specifically like that, family, neighbors, co-workers that uh, might be a little more open than normal to having a spiritual conversation. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's good. That's really good. And, And again, you don't have to go far
0: because, like you said, there's a lot of people that are hurting. There's a lot of people that this isn't the time of year where they're maybe experiencing mm-hmm. normal joy or yeah. joy at all. And so, yeah, I, I'm so glad that you said that. I, I so appreciate that. Behind every face, there's a drama unfolding, mm-hmm. right? That's right. I and mean, there's 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 hearts out there that are yeah. hurting, and even if they're putting on that that shield or that that layer that you can't get in here, you know, just sometimes just smiling at somebody. No. um, Even this morning, uh, we were at a local store um, getting some... I was dropping off, getting some tires done, and, oh, we need some coffee creamer for home, and let's get some Christmas coffee creamer this time, and let's try that. So my wife and I were there, and as we walked out, there's a host that's kind of standing there, and uh, this woman was very quiet, and my wife is... Bubble, bubbly joy lady. I mean, she's always full of joy, 100%. It is in her DNA. She has bad days, but she never has bad days. Uh-huh. You know, you understand what yeah. that means. And she stopped and paused, and thank you for being here. Merry Christmas to this this lady, and this lady in an instant brightened up, mm. talked, and as I'm walking out, I turn back and smile, and, and being thankful for my bride mm-hmm. of 27 years, but Wanting to be more like her and realizing, you know, that's it's just something that simple yeah. that can really pick somebody up. And just seeing that lady's countenance just all of a sudden be filled with joy yeah. just because my wife smiled at her and thanked her for what she did. And um, I was proud of her, of course, mm-hmm. but reminded that it doesn't take much. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. And I know there's a lot of people out there that that might say, well, I'm 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 afraid to share my faith. I'm afraid to share the gospel, or I'm kind of introverted. I don't talk as much like that. But if you have a mouth, you can smile. Yeah. You can tell someone
1: thank you, or just say hi, or just, hey, Merry Christmas. Yeah. And that's it, and it brings people up. It's such a big deal. People people need to know they're seen. Yes. There's something about being seen in a world um, increasingly where people live in anonymity. Mm-hmm in this age of social media with, you know, 4,509 Facebook friends, people are lonelier than ever less. Right. So man, what she did was a really special thing in a moment in time for that one human being simply saying, God sees you.
0: Yeah. That's so good. Mm -hmm. So good. I, we had mentioned this before we came on, but I was really thinking as I was going through verses and, and just thinking about Christmas and because we know what we're going to talk about, but it, it happens so fast. in the, in the Christmas episode, uh, you know, we always read Isaiah nine six. To us, a child is born; to us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And th- and there's so much scripture in there that reveals who Jesus is mm-hmm. as a as a baby in the manger, yet all God and Savior mm-hmm. wrapped up into everything. And so. I go back and I think sometimes what must have life been like for, for Mary and Joseph and, and having to run and, you know, as they're told to to go to this place. I mean, Joseph not being with Mary and Mary being pregnant and then thinking about, well, what's everybody going to think? Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to divorce her quietly. Yeah. All these things that went into play and, and how brave and obedient they were and yeah. trusting God in bringing forth not a child, but the Savior. <laughs> I mean, it, it blows my mind to think about what they went through, to think about their obedience, and to think about how God all orchestrated the Savior of the universe coming, stepping in to time, mm-hmm. stepping into flesh and bone and man to save us from
1: our yeah. sins and why hey, we celebrate. Can you imagine how surreal that must have I, been for them? That's what I'm saying.
0: I, I, I mean, these just,
1: were these were religious Jews, so they knew very much the Jewish prophecies of a Messiah who would one day come, born of the Jews, born of the tribe of Judah, the house of David, et cetera. And then when it really, like, it's us? It had to be surreal. Yeah. It's no
0: wonder. We're not just talking, I'm not just talking about the, the race. Mm-hmm. The Jewish people. Yeah. I, I mean, of course, he chose the Jewish people for the lineage. But think, getting into the mind of, of Mary and yeah. Joseph, like, wait a minute, you, me specifically? I mean, I can't.
1: No, this can't be. No. No, not really. Not really. I mean, d- do you know who you're dealing yeah. with here? But you know, Les, uh, as we like to say, and I've said before, if there's any good news in the middle of all the bad news, is that the bad news really is a new news. Mm-hmm. You go back 2,000 years ago, the world is today what it was then. That's right. The world was at war. Um, If there was the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome, it's only because the Romans had defeated everyone on the field of battle in the known world, and they were still expanding the borders of their empire through much warfare and bloodshed. The people of God are living under a totalitarian regime. Mm -hmm. They have no constitutional freedoms whatsoever, which is why a young man had to put his pregnant wife on the back of a donkey and make a very, very difficult journey about 90 miles to the South to Bethlehem. He didn't have any options. He didn't have any choice. Well, can I wait till my baby is born? No. Uh, Can I go by myself? No. Caesar Augustus had mandated a census be done and every family, every man is returning to their hometown And I'm simply making the observation that since the fall of Adam, the world's always been a place of wickedness and wars and bloodshed and hostility and enmity. And in the middle of our world of tears and trials and pain and death steps the eternal one. Mm. The one that was from eternity is now becoming humanity. The one that was from infinity is coming in infancy, exactly as the prophets had foretold and prophesied for centuries. And then you can imagine now, think about this for a moment, the surreal, almost, well, just unbelievable revelation that it must have been for Mary and Joseph when they realized, what, us? Mm-hmm. No, can't be. <laughs> no way. You know, we all have this normalcy bias Yeah, where it's just, you you, you just can't believe this could be happening. Mm -hmm. And so it's not hard to understand why, um, when Joseph finds out his teenage bride to be is pregnant, he's ready to divorce her privately, which shows the kind of man he was. He legally could have stoned her publicly, but he chooses instead to divorce her privately. So as not to shame her or certainly not to, um, to have her stone. Right. Right. Yeah. So he's a, he's a, save man. her life. He's a man of compassion, a man of grace. But think about it. He's, he's, he's just a man. It must have broken his heart. Yeah. When he realizes my, my bride to be, hasn't been faithful to me. It must've broken his heart. Mm-hmm. And so we know what happens. The Lord sends a, a, a message in a dream is don't divorce her. This is a, this is the one. Yeah. And he obviously believed what he heard. No doubt. And then imagine being Mary. <laughs> I mean, she's a teenager. She's not much more than a kid now. I mean, people did grow up faster in those days. Definitely. It's only until just recently in modern history that people wait, you know, until they're 20, 25, even 30 to get married. People were getting married at much younger ages in the ancient world. But nonetheless, I mean, she's just a teenager And it must have been beyond her capacity to fathom of all women. How can I be the one to carry the Messiah? Mm -hmm. It it, it blows my mind Mm -hmm. just
0: to to try to get into their mind of what they must have been thinking. And then to see Jesus grow up, Mm -hmm. grow in, in strength and grow in wisdom, and know this is the Savior. And then when he hits thirty, now your heart is breaking because now his ministry starts. And yet, to see him the way he was treated, and then to see him crucified—I mm-hmm. mean, unbelievable. But then to witness the resurrection—I mean, mm-hmm. the emotions and the—I mean, it, all I can say is, wow. I just—I can't—I can't fathom that. Mm. But in having this conversation with you, Pastor Phil, I'm. I'm drawn to the word joy and I'm drawn to the word hope Mm -hmm. because even though they were thinking all those things and the life of Jesus and, and he's still alive today, seated at the right hand of the father. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it brings so much joy and in a world that feels like there's no hope, Mm -hmm. Jesus is that hope. There is absolute hope and joy and, and, we can just be reminded of that as we celebrate Christmas and yeah. the birth of, birth of Jesus.
1: Yeah. And that's what we all have to focus on. Or eventually, I think the state of the world will give all of us a sense of hopelessness. Yeah, It seems to be going the wrong direction. Whatever utopian dream people might have for our planet, it seems to be disintegrating Yeah, uh, before our eyes. It's, it's, it's going the wrong direction. It's not becoming a safer place to live. It's becoming a more violent place to live. Not just uh, domestically, but globally. Yeah. It's increasingly unstable. And it can just begin to have a sense of what wickedness is winning, righteousness is retreating, uh, and, and it can leave us um, in, a, in a in a place of, well, we're powerless. Um, and so let's just wait on Jesus to come back and hope it's today. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Well, the, tr- the truth is, uh, we should live as the people of God with the most optimistic worldview of anyone you know. that's right. I mean, if indeed there is no God and this is, this is a worldview a lot of people are going with that this universe is just a cold, mindless and calloused, random, completely accidental, um, unintentional consequence of the cosmos, then really, what hope is there 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 is there's zero none. there's none. none. It's survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. It's nothing more than natural selection and one day this planet is going to burn up and everything on it with it and uh, the universe will continue and we just won't. So that's one that's one possibility. I'm going with the other one though. (laughs) Good. good, Yeah, that's good. (laughs) I'm, I'm stick. I'm sticking with the other one that I've been going with for a long time now. I think the evidence is in. Yep. I don't think it's a blind faith. I think it's a faith based on evidence, rational powers of reason, that in fact the universe could not have gotten here all by itself. Statistically, scientifically, that's an impossibility. The universe had a beginning, which means it must have had a beginner, and it's a creator. And as we've gone through our name series, we've learned that Elohim is the creator. Yes. But he's more than creator, he is Yahweh, the God of the covenant. The God that made us to know us. The God that made us to redeem us, to be near us. He ransomed us. He pardoned us. And 2,000 years ago, that prophecy of a Savior King, Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman that would crush the head of the serpent, that prophecy was fulfilled in the promised seed. We know him today as Jesus, whose name means Savior. Amen. And he is our hope. I'm utterly convinced that this Jesus, who we know historically came, that he hung on a cross for our sin, that he died and rose again, that there is evidence for the resurrection, uh, the same evidence that you evaluate any historical event with, whether it's uh, uh, Caesar Augustus mentioned in Luke chapter 2. Nobody today was around to meet Caesar Augustus. Nobody today lived with Caesar Augustus, but nobody today questions his existence. It's amazing to me, people even question the existence of this man, Jesus. Yeah. Why do we know there was a Caesar Augustus? Written records and eyewitness accounts. That's right. That sounds familiar, how, by the how, way. That's how you know anything historically, guys. Right. Yep. Based on the same criteria that we would not question the existence of Caesar Augustus, we know that a man named Jesus really did live. Mm-hmm. And we can say emphatically, not beyond all doubt, but beyond reasonable doubt that he hung on a cross, he died and rose again. Now, I think the evidence is overwhelming. It is overwhelming. In the it end. Is. That, that is our hope. He has promised a one-day return. And Christmas is when we celebrate his first coming, the incarnation, Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us... A child is born, for unto us a son is given. Notice the child could be born, but the son had to be given. The son Mm -hmm. couldn't be born. The son has always existed as the second person of the Trinity. And so you have the child being born, the son being given. 2,000 years ago, we call it the incarnation. God became a man. Fully humanity, fully deity. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. And he died for our sins at Calvary. He poured out his blood for our penalty. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, to reverse the curse of sin upon all of creation. And one day he'll have that kingdom that will be without end. Yeah. Bless, that's hope. That's real hope. That's real hope. That's not not just, uh, uh, you know, rolling the dice and hoping it's true, crossing my fingers and wishful thinking for a better future. It, it is a confident expectation. It's the anticipation. We know the end. And that should give anybody the encouragement to keep going, yeah. no matter how hard the world is right now. The world's always been hard. There are hard, hard days in Joseph and Mary's days. In fact, I would even go so far as say much harder than our day. That's right. I mean, these were people who had no rights, they weren't Roman citizens, they were a subjugated people living under a totalitarian regime, deeply persecuted for generations, one holocaust after another. We know they were a poor couple because when they went to the temple on the eighth day to dedicate their baby, their firstborn, the one they called Jesus, they brought a turtle dove and that was the offering of those that were in poverty that couldn't bring a more significant offering like a lamb. So you're talking about a young couple that uh, didn't have a lot of means financially. Uh, Joseph, a a blue-collar worker, um, living under a totalitarian regime. I mean, come on now. These were difficult days. That's right. But from those difficult days, uh, the hope of the world was born. And you mentioned earlier, too, that,
0: number one, people want to be seen. It's important that people are seen. And again, as this time of year, there are people that struggle with the loss, from the loss of a loved one or maybe they're alone or don't have much or whatever it may be. And when you say that, like in Isaiah 9, 6, unto us a child is born and a son is given, we are all seen mm-hmm. because that gift that we do not deserve that could never be righteous enough, good enough, just by being born under Adam's curse, mm-hmm. there's, we had no chance, no hope, and yet a son was given, the perfect son of God was given, and to give us all hope. Mm-hmm. And that hope gives us all joy, if we're just willing to accept that. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's, that's what I'm pointing to, as hard as it was back then for Mary and Joseph, the life that Jesus led, the perfect life, gives us that hope even during lonely times or happy times or joyful times or painful times or anywhere in between. His name is Jesus. Jesus. That's Amen. It. Amen. Good preaching there, Les. Well, uh, I, I learned from someone mm-hmm. that uh, uh, has uh, loved the word and, and preached it faithfully to his church. So thank you for that. It's as a joy. Well. Yeah, praise absolutely. be to God. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas to you, and Merry Christmas to your family, mm-hmm. um, your grown adult family who's now just stretching out into the world, and you know we're waiting for that gift of grandbabies, right? Uh, that's coming in January. Les. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted you to, <laughs> just wanted you to one. be able to say that. Yeah. That's awesome. Our well, daughter. Con- yeah. Well, congratulations.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's that feel? It's awesome. That is. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to have to grow old, you might as well grow old with grandkids. That's
0: right. <laughs> and I just want to see that one day where they stayed at grandma and grandpa's house and you got about two hours of sleep and, <laughs> and you can be joyfully tired. That's right. That's right. Amen. Well, listen, Pastor Phil, thank you. Merry Christmas to you, your family. Uh, thanks for being here as always in your crazy, difficult schedule. And just thanks for being a faithful steward to God's word, to the people of abundant life and beyond. Amen. Love you much. Love you too, brother. Again, Pastor Phil... Uh, it's just so gracious. The schedule is crazy. I mean, there's just stuff going on all the time, but um, to, to be able to come in here and, and and talk about this is truly an honor and a joy. And for those of you out there, if you're one of those people we talked about that is, that is hurting for some reason, maybe you lost a loved one, um, we, we just pray for for joy and peace through your pain, and for those, again, that uh, want to really understand the meaning of Christmas, and, and you know it's about Jesus, but this is a great time of year. Go bake a pie, buy a, if, you're, if you have the means, make some cookies, buy some cookies, something. Go smile at somebody, put your arm around somebody and say, hey, uh, the Lord loves you and you are seen, and, and just a thank you or a smile can be every little bit mm-hmm. of sharing the gospel as it is sitting down with someone, opening God's word and and reading what uh, Jesus has done for all of us. So um, what a special time of year. Merry Christmas to all of you uh, that are listening to this. And again, if you want to find out more, if you need anything ministry-wise, your next steps, baptism, any kind of help or assistance, or you just want to figure out what, how can I get involved, how can I be a part of it, or you want to find out when the Christmas Eve services are and, and all the different services that uh, Abundant Life is hosting, you can just go to livingproof.co. On behalf of our lead pastor, Phil Hopper, I'm Les Norman. Thanks for joining us today, and Merry Christmas from the watching world podcast.